This is Wally Knox. Welcome to The Political Conversation. In the midst of the Republican meltdown as they attempted to select a speaker, there was next to no attention paid to the new Democratic leader, Hakeem Jeffries. That was, no doubt, just the way Jeffries wanted it, so as not to detract from the Republican spectacle. But most of us know next to nothing about Jeffries, other than that he's a member of Congress from New York. So I thought it'd be valuable to talk about the guy because his biography reveals a complex person. Jeffries was born in 1970, making him 52 today. He grew up in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, a working-class neighborhood with an intense relationship between black New Yorkers and Orthodox Jews. His mother and father were both social workers. He graduated from a New York State University in 1992 and earned a Master of Public Policy from Georgetown in 1994, but he did not continue in that academic direction. Rather, he decided to become a lawyer and attended New York University School of Law, where he was on the Law Review, graduating in 1997. He then clerked for a federal judge for a year and moved on to private practice with the prominent old-school corporate law firm of Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison, a firm that has been in the American Lawyer's A-list for 20 years. From there, he became an in-house litigator for Viacom and CBS, handling high-profile corporate cases. Jeffries knows what it feels like to run and lose. In 2000, at the age of 30, he entered politics by attempting to oust an incumbent Democratic member of the New York State Assembly, but was soundly beaten in the primary. Two years later, he tried again against the same incumbent and lost again. Eventually, four years later, the incumbent decided to run for higher office, and Jeffries won that time. He is a very, very determined guy. He was in the Assembly for six years, where he compiled an impressive list of reforms of excessive policing. For instance, he authored the law which prohibited police from compiling the names of those stopped, but not arrested, during street searches. Those stop-and-frisk searches were a top issue in the black and progressive communities in the 2000s. Another issue important to the black community was the practice of upstate New York districts that elected Republicans to count the prisoners in the state prisons as part of the local population. Obviously, that practice swelled the political clout of those areas. Jeffries authored the law that eliminated that practice. In 2007, while in the Assembly, he was a very early supporter of Barack Obama for president. And in 2012, he ran for Congress, where he was attacked by a rival from the Green Party, who pointed out he received about $180,000, about a third of his funds, from Wall Street bankers and hedge fund managers. He won, nonetheless. Once in Congress, he joined the Congressional Black Caucus, where he served as whip and led a hands-up, don't-shoot protest of the killings of black Americans by police. He is also a member of the Progressive Caucus and supports Medicare for All. After the loss of Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump in 2016, he said her loss was due to her lack of a clear, decisive economic message and her failure to relate to white working-class voters' concerns. In the 2020 campaign, Jeffries created the Team Blue Pack specifically to help fund the campaigns of Democratic incumbents, many of them black, 
who are under attack in primaries by progressive Democratic rivals. Jeffries, who had the support of Nancy Pelosi, was unanimously selected Democratic leader in November. Stop and think what that means. He got the vote of every member of the Progressive Caucus and every vote in the moderate New Democrat Caucus. But here is what particularly interests me in him. He swiftly moved to enhance the power of the leader and reshape the Democratic Caucus. It is little understood that in her later years as Speaker, Pelosi had lost the power to select the member in charge of the party's election campaigns, the chair of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, the DCCC. Rather, that position was selected by vote of the entire Democratic Caucus, which significantly reduced the power of the leader. Jeffries immediately reinstituted the power to select the DCCC chair. He also created a new leadership position called Battleground Leadership, which is filled by a vote of only those members who flipped a Republican district or who survived serious Republican attack. That came to a little over 50 members of the 212-member caucus and obviously does not include some 160 Democrats, including the most progressive members, all of whom have ultra-safe districts. And then to fill the DCCC chair role, Jeffrey selected Susan Delbene of Washington to enter Congress when she flipped a Republican district a few years back. Delbene had been chair of the moderate caucus called the New Democrats before her elevation to the DCCC position. There was a contest for the newly created battleground leadership chair, which Abigail Spanberger of Virginia won. Spanberger said her goal is to bring the voices in swing districts and things we're hearing on the ground to the leadership table on a regular basis. You may remember that following the 2020 election in which Democrats lost 14 seats, Spanberger was recorded as saying that Democrats should stop using the word socialist because she thought the perception of the party was too far to the left and had contributed to the defeat of some Democrats. Don't get me wrong. Jeffries has appointed plenty of progressives to various positions, but his elevation of moderates to key campaign positions is remarkable. In some, just weeks, Jeffries has reshaped the Democrats in the House into a more disciplined fighting unit with one focus, regaining the majority in the 2024 election. And then to top off his first weeks as Democratic leader, just days ago, following the conclusion of the Republican speakership fight, Jeffries delivered an extraordinary 15-minute speech. It seems obvious to me that Jeffries had been preparing the speech for weeks. It's finely crafted and designed for maximum impact, establishing him as the true leader of the Congressional Democrats and intended to inspire Democrats around the country. You should listen to it as soon as this podcast concludes. It is all over the web, and you can Google just about any request for the Jeffries speech and pull it in. There is thus a stark contrast between the spectacle of a deeply, angrily divided Republican caucus in the House with no apparent unified goal and a unified Democratic caucus led by an articulate new leader determined to retake the majority in 2024. 2023 will see these two groups grapple for the first time. <music>